This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 338 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, we're talking about the subtle art of not giving a f- Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now, and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just to die it. Thin. Won't tell you lies. Thin. I won't smallifies. Thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to exercise. Howdy do today. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. If you're new to the program, I am not a doctor and I am not a trainer. I'm just a person like you trying to lose some weight. In the last episode, I was talking about how I put up some pictures of me looking not so great. And that really did inspire me. And I was down probably about three pounds. I mean, things are really, that was, it's great. And, and we'll, we'll talk about this as we go on. But then I got shipped out of town. And uh, over the better part of the, about the last week, I've been in Pittsburgh, I've been in Toledo, been in a couple different places, but in many cases, not always entirely in control of what I eat, which in itself is a little BS. It wasn't like somebody was putting a, a gun to my head, but I had all this time in the car. And so I'm, I'm probably down a pound. I did not weigh myself this morning, uh, mainly because I was trying to sleep in, uh, like I say, it was a long weekend. And so I'll know more tomorrow. But uh, I listened to a book, listened to a couple books. And one was called, and if you have little ones in the car, uh, you might want to put on some headphones. I'm not going to actually say the words, but it's one of those kind of weird situations. The one book is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a That Thing, a Fire Truck. That's one book. And the other one is You Are a Badass. And... It's interesting because they're almost kind of polar opposites. Um, the badass book is, in my opinion, what I would call woo-woo. And it's written by a woman, he said, pulling it up. Um, best-selling author, speaker, and world travel success coach, Jen Sincero. Cuts through the din of the self-help genre with her own verbal meat cleaver, in uh, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And she even says, there's like a spiritual aspect of that. And she goes, whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it God or the universe or energy or whatever. So I'm not into that one as much. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm all about God and the universe and energy. I, I tend to refer to that as my invisible sky buddy. But um, I'm about halfway through that book, and I'm still waiting for some meat and potatoes. The subtle art of not giving a f- that word, 
fire truck is um, by apparently a YouTuber. I've never Mark uh, Manson. And this generation generation defining self help guide, a superstar blogger, cuts through the crap to show us how to stop trying to be positive all the time, so that we truly become better, happier people. And um, it's interesting because the title totally sucked me, and I'm like, all right, I got to see what this is about. And it's not that you don't care about anything. That's what originally when I started listening to it, I'm like, it sounds like this guy doesn't want to care about anything. And it's actually more the opposite. It's making sure, let's say you had a handful of, 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 of worry, right? Or as he, he, he would call them the F word, but these are things that you, you care about. You can only care about five. Wouldn't you redefine what you care about then? And that's what he's kind of saying. The problem is, we distract ourselves worrying about things that we really shouldn't be worrying about. And that's kind of the whole model of this book. And the one thing I thought was interesting about it is again, and this has always been my kind of attitude. I'm kind of tired of the victim mentality of just everybody. You know, uh, I, I never knew it growing up. I just thought junior high sucked And it turns out I was being bullied. My friends would punch me in the arm and I would turn around and find somebody else and I would punch him in the arm. I thought it was just boys being boys, but apparently I was being bullied. And I know there are actual bullied bullied, but sometimes I I think we classify things um, that, that don't need to be classified. I think it's just part of growing up in my opinion. And that's all that is. And um, so he talks about how, there are some things that it is our fault. You know, if um, you were texting while you were driving and you ran into a telephone pole, that's your fault. There's nobody else in the car. Um, the old joke, uh, two guys in an elevator, one guy farts, everybody knows who did it, right? We know who's... Uh, but there are things you do that are your fault. And obviously, you want to learn from your mistakes, so if you continually eat food through a drive-in window, that's probably your fault because you didn't plan ahead. As I record this right now, I'm uh, using my air fryer to cook up a bunch of chicken uh, because my weekend was was not great. And so, but there are other times, what if it's not your fault? And he had a great analogy. He said, if somebody dropped a baby on your doorstep, not your fault. He just happened to be in the wrong place, the wrong time, whatever. You open up the door and there's a baby. And you're like, oh, man. And I would highly doubt that you turn around and close the door and hope somebody else picks it up. Most people are going to accept the responsibility of something that wasn't their fault and then do their best to do the best thing. Even though it wasn't their fault. They're like, what? Now I can't sleep. All this thing does is cry and poop. I didn't do anything. I, yeah, but you, you know, it's not like you go, well, I'll just give it to, you know, crazy Marcy down the street. She's a crackhead. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be probably a, a good thing. You know, you might take it to a hospital. You might take it to wherever. But that's the whole point. 
It wasn't your fault, but you chose to do the right thing. And what that has to do with life is there are things that are absolutely not your fault. It's not your fault who your parents are. It's not your fault what jobs they had or didn't have. That's what you were born into. But it is a matter of how you react to that. And if you're new to the show going, I I thought I'd turn into a weight loss show. Shouldn't we be talking about calories and stuff like that? Sometimes I get on this topic because to me, the biggest reason we gain weight is because we're, we're eating to forget or the fact that we've, we've read the studies where when you mix fat, salt, and sugar, it sends our brain on such a, a high that we'll just keep eating it. And so to me, a lot of the weight loss battle is the fact that it's mental And if we are going way out of bounds, caring about things that we shouldn't care about and stressing ourselves out over things that we shouldn't stress out about, then we're running to the fridge to deal with things that we really shouldn't be dealing with. It's really not that big a deal. And so I am, um, I think I'm in chapter seven. And um, I think he said chapter eight or nine. There's a chapter on boundaries. And that is something that for me, uh, I've been manipulated. I've had people that um, know that I am, for lack of a better phrase, uh, a good guy. Uh, My background is in teaching. I was a corporate trainer for uh, 20 years. And it was kind of interesting because I had some, I had a neighbor of mine Uh, early this year, and she knocked on the door. I've never met her before. And uh, she said, oh, please, 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 can you please jump my car? My battery's dead. And I said, sure. Yeah, not a problem. It's one of the advantages of working from home. I was home and nobody else was. And it was funny because I had at the time a, a Toyota Prius. And the whole car's electric. You know, it's, it runs on gas, but it's a, a big chunk of it is electric. And I can't find the battery. I mean, the whole car is a, a giant battery, and I can't find the battery to jumpstart her. And so I finally just looked at her and said, where do you work? And she said, about, I don't know, 10 minutes from here. I go, can I, just, can I just drive you to work? I know you've never met me, and I'm asking you to get in the car with a stranger, but how would you like me to take you to work? And she goes, uh, that would be awesome. She goes, I've been sick the last two days, and if I miss today, I get fired. And I was like, well, let's get in the car. So I, I take her there, and I'm like, if you need me to pick you up, I'll pick you up. No, 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 my boyfriend will be home by then, and he can pick me up. But I'm so grateful that you're doing this. You don't understand. I was going to lose my job. And I go, really, it's not that big a deal. Um, I'm glad I was home to help. And so I I take her to her job, drop her off. She goes, can I please give you some gas money? I go, I don't know if you noticed, I'm driving a Prius. It probably cost me a dollar six to, uh, to drive you. It's really, it's not a problem. I'm just glad I could help. And so she was... The sincerity that she showed really scratched my teacher itch. And by teacher itch, I mean I like to help people. And it's to the point where driving home, and I'll tie this into weight loss in a second, that driving home, I was high is all I can explain it. I was incredibly happy. I felt 
very significant that I had made a positive difference in somebody's life and I had value, for lack of a better phrase. And it was, I mean, that lasted for hours. And I was telling everybody, hey, I took somebody to work today and it was it was awesome. I didn't even know where my stupid car's electric, but I don't know where the battery is and yada, yada, yada. Well, here's the thing. That also shed a lot of light on, I've been married twice. I'm not proud of that. But in both cases, the the women I am attracted to uh, are damsels in distress. And the problem with damsels in distress, in some cases, not all, I don't want to generalize here, but in some cases, damsels in distress, uh, you know, you can't always change people. They're going to be in distress because they're in distress. And so I say this because you have to understand yourself a little bit so that you can set up boundaries because I'll give you a classic example. I have a a friend of mine that I've known since I was probably 13 and I moved away and we kind of fell out of touch and she's married and um, I went back to my old church and she's a, she's a flaming alcoholic. I mean, just like, and, and I don't know why, but she's been calling me and I go to talk to her and you can't understand her. It's just, this guy, this fine. You talking about? You're like, what? And so here again, my knee jerk reaction is to help this person. Well, what I did, and I felt bad because her mom was embarrassed, but I know her mom. I'm like, can I help you with like an intervention or something here? And I just found out that her family's tried everything there is to try. And, you know, I, I, I did pick up the phone and kind of said, what can I do to help you get sober? But I had to acknowledge again that if you kind of know what makes you tick and other people in life know what make you tick, they might abuse that boundary. They might. And so I'll be getting into that in this book. But realize that we all like to help people. We all want to, you know, if you're a mom or a parent, you always put your kids first. But I think we have to look at sometimes how far we go in that area. And don't take this to say you need to put your family second. But much like an airplane, you know, you put your mask on you first before you put it on your kids. And I think there might be things that we worry about. This is this is an area I can't talk on because I don't have kids. But are there things in your life that you're worried about that maybe you shouldn't? Are there things that aren't your fault? And instead of thinking about this and going, okay, what's the right thing to do here? Are we instead falling into a victim mentality and going into a woe is me attitude? Because you still have the option to do the right thing. I was, in our last episode, I talked about how I got up early to go to the gym. I was very happy about that. I only did it once in one week and uh, was on a roll. And then I got shipped out of town and haven't been back since. Well, guess what? Tomorrow, as I record this, is Tuesday. And all I got to do is do it tomorrow. Right? It's, it's, you, you just get back on the horse. That's all you got to do is just what's the right thing to do. And I know in the past that uh, 
you know, you, you don't want to do these things and it is hard. I thought it was an interesting thing. The other thing that makes us worry or that f- makes us fall into that victim mentality is where we think that life is supposed to like happiness equals no problems. And I'm sure happiness does equal no problems, but they point out that Warren Buffett, who is this like boo rich guy and Bill Gates, they still have problems. There are people that move to Puerto Rico to get away from the taxes. What a problem I'd love to have. I'm paying too much taxes because I'm making $8 million a year. Or, you know, maybe it's me and I, I want to, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to go to the gym. Okay, so but I don't have a gym membership. Well, that's the problem. Well, guess what? Then I, I get a gym membership. I go to Planet Fitness, it's 10 bucks. Well, great, but now I got a different problem. Now I got to get there. Now I got to learn how to do the equipment. Now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. Now I got to find the 10 bucks. And life is a series of hurdles that we have to get over. It's just a matter of what's your attitude getting through them and just realize this guy in this book is kind of saying that this utopia of happiness where your husband is perfect, your wife is perfect, your kids are perfect, the car is perfect, the job is perfect, money is falling from heaven, is not maybe a realistic approach to life. That if that is your definition of happiness, that's a problem. And so the last thing I wanted to share from this book was, and I've seen this happen on Facebook, I've talked about this in the past, how comparing yourself to others can just suck the joy out of your life. And they had a great example of this, and I, I, I know this story, but there was a band in uh, San Francisco, and um, they'd been, it's a, it's a hard rock band, and they were uh, going around, and they were getting really popular, but hadn't quite broken big yet. And uh, they finally, and they finally got a recording contract. There was only one problem. Their lead singer had a pretty bad drinking problem and in general was a bit of a weenie. And so one day they woke him up uh, took him to the bus stop and handed him a ticket one way back to New York. And he was mortified. He was angry. What did I do? What could I have done to uh, to avoid this? I can't believe the minute I finally get signed to a record label and I'm out of the band. And he was very, very sad and very dejected, as you might imagine. Felt betrayed. And then he turned around and he turned it into rage. And he's like, I'm going to show these guys. I am going to be the best band ever. And someday they're going to look at me and go, oh, we should have never kicked you out of the band because I just, I'm going to crush them. Okay. Sometimes that's good to use rage as a, uh, as a motivational tool. But that was that guy's idea of success was when I'm better than that other band, that is, I will be successful. Okay. There was only one problem. The band that he got kicked out of was Metallica. The guy's name is Dave Mustaine. He went on to form 
a, a band whose name is escaping Megadeth. And he found the best musicians. Uh, he wrote tons of songs. They practiced all the time. And they got a recording contract. They've sold like 25 million copies, something like that. They've toured the world. It's a really successful hard rock band. And in an interview, Dave Mustaine, the guy that was kicked out of Metallica, who's probably got lots and lots of money from his touring at least, almost teary-eyed was talking about being kicked out of Metallica. Why? Because in his head, he wasn't going to be successful until he was better than Metallica, who is considered by some, one of the best bands ever. I mean, this is a band that started in the late, early 80s, if not 70s. And here we are 40 years later, 30 years later, and they're still going strong. And so that's silly. And, and our perception of what is success, basing it on somebody else's success, is something that we don't need to care about. Another classic example that they shared as we wrap this up is you may not know that Ringo Starr was not the first drummer of the Beatles. There was a guy named Pete Best. And so Pete Best, you know, tours with the band in, in Liverpool and in Germany uh, back before they were huge. They kick him out, some say because he was one of the best-looking musicians in the band, better than John Lennon and Paul McCartney. They bring in Ringo, who was not exactly the most handsome person on the planet, but a really, really good drummer, and uh, Beatlemania ensues. Pete Best becomes an alcoholic. Um, the 60s were not good to him, and he kind of goes into a woes-me spiral. But he does meet a girl makes her his wife, straightens out, they buy a home, he has a couple kids, and his life is happy. He's got a new purpose. He's got a new focus. He's not constantly comparing his life to the Beatles and saying, oh, that could have been me. Instead, he's like, I'm really glad I got kicked out of the Beatles because otherwise I never would have met my wife, I never would have met my kids, and these things bring value to me now. And I guess he still plays the drums occasionally or whatever. But comparing yourself to others can just suck the joy out of your life. And that is where we go back to your responsibility. Your responsibility. Somebody's going to put a baby on your doorstep. Somebody's going to kick you out of the band. Whatever happens, it's your, yes, 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 it stinks. Yes, 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 it's not fair. And you don't know why. And you feel betrayed and whatever else happens, but it's still your responsibility to pick yourself up, learn from whatever you can learn from, and move on. Because if you obsess over it, you're just going to get stuck in that one place and not move forward, and life is going to pass you by. So keep that in mind, because when we get our minds in place, it's much easier to keep our bodies in place because we're not constantly going to the fridge for some sugar therapy covered in fat and chocolate. So the book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Blank by Mark Manson. I'll have links to this out at logicalloss.com slash 338. I'll leave you with my favorite Jillian Michaels quote, and that is, why are you choosing failure when success 
is still an option. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon. Take care and God bless. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free on iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it. Thin. I want to try it. Thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to just to die it. Thin. Not till you lie. Thin. I want smaller thighs. Thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to.